listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Red Sox Beat Podcast, presented by CLNS Media. That's your preferred online video and audio provider for Major League Baseball. I'm the host of this show, Chris Cotillo, Red Sox Beat Reporter for MassLive.com. This is episode 226. It's July 25th. And we have we're making podcast history today with three different sponsors. We have Bet Online, which is CLNS Media's preferred online sports book. We have Manscaped, which is number one in men's below the belt grooming, and Roman, which is a discreet online way for men with ED to get help. So we'll be hearing from those a little bit later. First of all, we have our guest today, which is a frequent guest of the show, my partner at Mass Live, who is just in St. Petersburg for the three game series between the Red Sox and the Rays. Chris Smith, welcome back to uh, the favorite part of, of your month, pretty much. I love this part of the month. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, and, and Chris, is, we've, we promised we that's talked a little bit. Sarcasm. Yeah, no, I, I know. I enjoy I mean, talking to you. Right, that's, that's wonderful. Hopefully uh, next month when, when Chris's baby comes, uh, he'll get a, get a break from the podcast, or maybe he'll be going out of his mind with a newborn and want to do it every day. So could ah. go either way on that, but... Uh, we promised not to get too in the weeds on this protest thing that happened uh, in St. Petersburg in the final game of the series between the Red Sox and the Rays. Obviously, some craziness there, but a very important series for the Red Sox. You know, I wrote Sunday after they lost two or three to the Orioles. Somehow, some way, they did that. That this next seven-game stretch would really determine what Dave Dombrowski in the front office would do at the trade deadline, um, whether they'd be buyers or they'd be sellers. And thought if they lost, you know, five of seven. During this stretch, you know, or four of seven, they would probably be sellers. Uh, if they did better than that, they might stand pat or even add, you know, two good wins to start the series and a one-run loss in a tough game where Charlie Morton pitched very well yesterday. So your overall takeaways, Chris, from being there, and then also um, how, you know, that at least this first series impacts what you think they'll do at the deadline now with the Yankees coming into town. Yeah. So I mean, I think that uh, you know, obviously the. The Rays won yesterday, but they're not a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, I just, I look at them and they're just not like the, you know, they, they just, they just don't have it. They haven't had it since June, the, uh, the beginning of June. I mean, the, since the beginning of June, they're under 500. Right. It, you know, I mean, they're probably a record over the last, you know, half month is probably, you know, extremely terrible. I haven't looked at that, but. And, be, and three know, and they, seven in their last 10, too. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's like, um, you know, when you look at it, I just don't see how. I mean, they, they could get, you know, they could get, you know, annihilated this week, with this weekend against the Yankees. They've, they've had, you know, enormous struggle against the Yankees. The, the Yankees right. have taken six of six of seven against them mm-hmm. they've outscored them by 30 you yeah. know so it's like the, the yankees could just you know annihilate them in two series and then you know really put this thing up but i just don't see like i see the only competition for the wild card at this point is the oakland athletics and, and you know the uh the cleveland indians mm-hmm. and you know if you're sitting behind them you know by only a game or two then i just don't see how they sell so um you know, I think this stretch isn't as bad as as maybe we thought it was going to be because, you know, because the the, the Rays aren't that good anymore. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, maybe they can pick it up, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I think it's just a hard model to to sustain throughout the season, doing the opener thing, and you know, trying to make moves like you know, 
we swore not to talk about this, but moving your pitcher to first base and trying to get that creative because that's the hand you're dealt from a roster standpoint. Kevin Cash has done his best, and he's going to be a manager of the year candidate every year. But it's hard to maneuver that and keep that sustainable. Over 162 games, we've seen the Rays definitely fall off. They look like a, a for-sure contender. And, and even talking with Sean McAdam last week on the podcast, he's very high on the Rays and thinks, you know, they'll they'll be they'll have a shot for the rest of the year. The Red Sox, you know, talking about even after this extremely important stretch is over, they have three games in Cleveland, August 12th to August 14th uh, that are going to come, you know, be very important. Um, once, once they, they face the Indians because the Indians now have, uh, have a, uh, a two game lead over the A's just reading something. Dave Dombrowski on WEI said, there's not a lot of needs we have. I'm not sure how much we would buy. We'll sit back and see what happens. So obviously he's still confident in the bullpen. You saw in person the other night, I think, this has been completely glossed over, I think, for some reason in the last three days. But Nathan Evaldi's debut, three runs on five hits, only got two outs against the Rays. And attribute that to Ross, attribute that to, you know, a low leverage situation, however you will. But um, what were your impressions of that that first Nathan Evaldi uh, bullpen experience? All right. So I'm going to use it as a, uh, as a nerd and then a non-nerd. How about okay. that? So first of all, we'll go with the nerd and we'll say that, you know, the first hit was 67 miles per hour. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the doubles weren't, there was another, there was 60 something miles per hour. The, the doubles weren't, uh, you know, hit extremely hard. Um, there was only one ball hit over 95 miles per hour. I think it was like the hundred, I think it was 112 miles per hour by Austin Meadows. So the balls weren't scorched against them. Um, you know, and, and it's a first time out, you know, you, you, you wanted a game where there was, you know, uh, it wasn't as extremely high leverage however you know the next night he was available or at least core says he was available and he didn't bring him in you know Mm -hmm. and he didn't even bring him in when you know that game got kind of uh you know i'm sure oh yeah workman was in for the second inning right for for his second inning and you know he's marcus walden had to save the day and marcus walden comes in so it's like wouldn't that have been uh, i know that he talked about matchups and oh he likes you know walden against time fame but you know if he's your best pitcher in the bullpen if he's your closure i mean you know last year the year before the year before that when they had kimbrough didn't matter it didn't matter on matchups you know if 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 it's a it's the highest leverage situation in the game and you're bringing in your best pitcher, and that's what they make that of all the out to be right now in the bullpen. And we shall see. He obviously didn't have trust enough to go to him uh, the other night after after the first you know bad game. Yeah, but that, I, that... I like the I like the whole. Um, I mean, I don't. I, it's not that I agree or disagree with you know he should be starting or whatnot, but I think he can be effective out of the bullpen. Yeah, you know, I think I think he obviously has the stuff to do so. We talked a lot about that on here about, you know, it's a it's a panic move, and and they identified that they could add someone to the rotation. Andrew Kashner, who has not pitched well in his first two starts, but will have another chance against the Yankees this weekend. He was looking forward to that so much. I think you know, <laughs> and, and, and Andrew Kashner, after his first two starts, someone tweeted to me and. Um, as I thought this was pretty funny. Andrew Kashner really looking forward to pitching against the Yankees. He went out of his way to say that in its introductory press conference. Someone said, you know who else is looking forward to that? The Yankees are. So uh, we'll see Andrew Kashner against the Yankees this weekend. He's he's the new fifth starter for the Red Sox. And um, that, you know, kind of makes this Evaldi thing, uh, you know, more more acceptable, I guess, when you have at least a guy who can eat innings there. 
Um, we'll, we'll take a quick second for the first sponsor. I know it's going to be a lot to try to get three of these in, but we're appreciative of all the support. Red Sox currently, as we sit here on the well, a few hours, going to say on the eve, but it's it's uh, Thursday afternoon, so we'll be heading to the ballpark in a couple hours. The Red Sox are 11 games back of the Yankees, who took two or three from the Twins. They are two games back in the wild card uh, right now behind Oakland, four games back of Cleveland, and our wonderful sponsor, betonline.ag, has the Red Sox at 12 to 1 to win the American League East or the American League, excuse me. That's a lot worse than the 6 to 1 they have the Patriots at. So, um, you know, kind of a long shot at this point for the Red Sox to repeat as winning the pennant. But as we talk about baseball season is in full swing, you can place a wager on baseball whether that's futures for the Red Sox, whether it's day to day, you know, game lines against the Yankees. And it's never been more exciting than with betonline.ag. This week, I'll obviously be watching Red Sox versus Yankees. And because you're loyal listeners of this podcast and CLNS Media, we're going to give you an extra 50% bonus added onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com backslash SoxBeat. That's S-O-X-B-E-A-T. And use our code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. You can support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com backslash SoxBeat and use the code CLNS5050. Couple rules, a minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus. The maximum bonus per deposit is $1,000 for high rollers out there like Chris Smith. You can see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. That's betonline.ag, clnsmedia.com, backslash SoxBeat. So 12 to 1 to win the American League, Smith. What do you think about that? those odds? Yeah, I think those about correct because you know i mean you look at the yankees right now i was on the southwest flight last night so i got some live tv i got to see the yankees again that's that's not an ad that's just he's just doing that on his own (laughs) this team is uh you know they can hit the ball so andrew cashner if if you've already had two bad starts you know red sox uniform and you want to face this yankees lineup oh man uh, the Yankees lineup can hit it. They've got power. They're, you know, better approach at the plate than they have last year. And, um, you know, I mean, I just don't see, you know, I mean, the the Red Sox, you know, go going in and, you know, able to beat the Yankees or Astros on the road. The Yankees bet online has the Yankees at plus 175 to win the American League. The Astros plus 200, two to one. Twins are plus 700, the Indians are plus 800, the Red Sox and A's are pl- tied at plus 1,200 or 12 to 1, and then the Rays, who Chris Smith is very down on, at 16 to 1 or 1,600. And if you want to get in on uh, the Blue Jays, they're plus uh, 250,000, along with the Mariners, Royals, Tigers, and the Orioles. So uh, some long shots there. But uh, back to this weekend, you know, we were talking about the Red Sox and the Yankees. This is weird because... It's the first time that the Red Sox and the Yankees will play at Fenway Park this year. The two games in London took two games out of Fenway. It also shifted the schedule back, kind of on the contrary. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, this series has always been, you know, teams, you know, tend to play a little bit better at home, but, but kind of a crapshoot in that regard. The Yankees have already had two series at Yankee Stadium, the two-game series they swept in April, and then that rain-shortened three-game series at the end of May where they took two out of three. We'll have the final of the three Yankee Stadium series next weekend in the Bronx. Four games in three days, a doubleheader. Wonderful. Chris Smith was on the trip before. He got a free off night in New York due to a yeah. rainout. And now I have a, I have my Friday nights ruined because 
there's a day game on Saturday at one and a night game and a doubleheader, and that ruins my Saturday night too. So that's really great news that Chris Smith got a free night to do whatever he wants, and Chris Cotillo's re- weekend was ruined. But we have eight games, obviously, for the Red Sox coming up uh, against the Yankees in the next uh, 12 or so days. I think when you look at this series, and tonight is a huge piece of this, Rick Porcello comes in with a ridiculously high ERA. It's over 11 in his last four or five starts. Started with that that brutal start in London, but it hasn't gotten better. You know, he's finding ways to win games because the Red Sox are scoring like at least 10 runs in all of his starts, which is, you know, if you're a starter, that's great news. Um, But he's still giving up five or six and five innings, six innings. He was a guy who was great against the Yankees last year. You know, he was was very dependable. You could count on him against New York, especially in big games. Remember, he had one start uh, that really stands out at Fenway Park. It was either a complete game or eight strong innings, or I think it was a complete game, three hit or something like that. Uh, And this year, it hasn't been there in two starts. So Rick Porcello, uh, do you think he has any chance of turning it around in the series opener tonight against the Yankees? Well, um, if he has any chance of turning around, it's you know it's good that it's at Fenway Park. He's historically you know been a lot better at Fenway Park against the Yankees too mm-hmm. than he has at Yankee Stadium. And you know he's pitched well against the Yankees at Fenway you know since he came to the Red Sox. So we'll see. I don't think so, just because, as I said, their lineup is just so on fire, and yep. they have been. And, you know, and he's so not on fire, <laughs> if that's the mm-hmm. correct uh, description of it. Um, and so I just see it as a bad matchup today. But if he's going to do it anywhere, it's going to be Fenway, because even when he has had poor results as a Red Sox at Yankee Stadium, he's pitched well at Fenway Park against them. So um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's this, this game could, you know, I mean, it could go either way for, for Priscilla. And then Andrew Casher. The, the thing that's, the thing that's, sorry for like, you know, coming on like the, every time I've talked with an extra thought at the end, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's how my brain works. One, one special extra thought there at mm-hmm. the end that I can you know, throw in there that I probably forgot now about. Um, but you know, his velocity is down this year as opposed yep. to other years. And, you know, and that's that, that, you know, a couple that mile per hour, that two miles per hour when you're working, you know, the corners and trying to like, you know, pinpoint everything is, uh, you know, that, that could be the difference. Yeah. The starting matchups, Porcello against Tanaka tonight, probably give the Yankees the edge there. James Paxton against Andrew Castro on Friday, a little bit of a wild card for the Red Sox, but give the Yankees probably the edge there. And then in the last two, we have CC Sabathia against Eduardo Rodriguez, who, um, as inconsistent as Erod's been throughout his career, he's been the Red Sox' best starter for the last few weeks. He was good against the Yankees previously, you know, last year, and I give the Red Sox the edge in that one. And then Sunday night, um, we have Chris Sale on the mound um, against Domingo Herman for the Yankees. Uh, about similar ERAs, 403 versus four. Sale's throwing the ball well in the last two starts, and and you feel like you know he'd be he'd be up for a statement start on Sunday night. So. You think the Red Sox are going to get annihilated? I think that they could split if they, t- if they take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they take yeah, three out I mean, of four, I think it's an good. extremely good weekend. Oh, oh yeah, it would be. You know, but it's you know when you say that too, is splitting that even that good? You know, at this point, I mean, I guess yeah. it's fine because you're staying in the the wild. You're staying in the uh, wild card race. I mean, the AL East is is done. You know yeah, what is it, eleven I games? I, I just think that the if Red Sox have to win. Cora, they have to win all eight of these games over the next two weekends against the Yankees to have a shot in the in the AL East. That's 
you know, I mean, if you if you ask for like honestly, like I mean, if he was just like completely honest, he'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I can't speak for him, but right, I, I would assume he'd be like, yeah, we're we're going after the wild card right now. That's that's mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. You know, that yeah. that would be what he would say. Yeah, uh, I think as we've talked about, this is so big for the future because the buying versus the selling. They won two or three in Tampa. What what do you think needs to happen in this series? You know, what what happens if they lose three out of four? Then you've you've lost four of the seven on this tough stretch. I I guess you still don't think, think they sell at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think it it depends on how far behind you are. Yeah. You know, how far behind the Yankees you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, how far behind the wild card you are? How many games behind? You know, uh, how many Cleveland games behind uh, Cleveland and Oakland? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's 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 what really what matters. Um, you had written an interesting thing a couple or a week ago or this past week where you said, you know, what Dombrowski, how many games out of the wild card was he when he sold with, uh, with Detroit, when he, right. when he sent price to Toronto, what did you, would you write like four games? It was, uh, at that point, let me, let me pull it up. It was, uh, I, I believe it was 10 and a half in the, um, 10 and a half in the division and four games in the wild card with, with uh, on July 21st. But I don't like any, like if, if they're going to do anything, if the Red Stars are going to do anything, like, I mean, like you talk about buying or selling, you know, no matter what, if they're going after the wild card right now, I feel like they should just, you know, do nothing. If they're going to, you know, if they're, if they're, um, you know, if, if they think they can get the wild card and they, they you know, they're t- potential buyers, then don't really buy too much, you know, because if you don't want to send, you know, top prospects for a guy mm-hmm. like Jose Abreu, right. and he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> and you could be out of it in one game because that's the wild card. Right. I mean, you're going to have to go on that. You're probably going to have to go on the road, you know, in that game. You mm-hmm. don't get to pick your starting pitcher because, you know, it just lines up probably on how it goes to the end of the season and because you're in the fight for the wild card till the end of the season. Yep. And so if you're giving up any big, you know, prospects, and, there's, you know, people don't think the Red Sox have big prospects, but they have three on the top 100 list. Mm-hmm. They have a couple other guys, They have, you know, and that doesn't even include Brian Mata, who, you know, both me and Alex here think is, you know, top three in the system. Yeah. You know, and and so – they have some guys that people want. You, you don't give up any of those guys. You don't sell for. You don't. You don't buy for something big at that point. If you think you can only get the wild card, and you know, and, and that's what I think they probably think at this point. So you know, that that's that's the approach that I would take if I was them. You know, don't sell. Don't buy. Uh, don't buy big if you can, you know, do what you did against with Cashner and send two guys that no one's ever heard of. Then yep. fine. The Orioles have heard of those guys for the record. Um, <laughs> they really scouted those guys, I'm sure. <laughs> I, uh, I I have identified three guys that I like uh, for the Red Sox. I think that they are still a bullpen arm short. I don't need a closer. I don't need a top end guy. I don't need Will Smith out in San Francisco or even Tony Watson or some of these guys who are more expensive. These guys who are cheap rentals who signed one-year deals or minor league deals and are pitching for bad teams. I think there there's three of them that stand out. Sam Dyson out in San Francisco probably will cost you a little bit more than these other guys. Sergio Romo in Miami is a guy that I've thought the Red Sox would, would be interested in for a while, especially in the winter. There's actually four guys, two more to come. Sean Kelly from the Rangers, the guy the Red Sox were in on 
over the winter. Uh, they the Rangers have really fallen out of it. You know, losing I think nine to ten at this point. So they are probably going to sell. And then the other one is Daniel Hudson up in Toronto. Obviously, uh, not Ken Giles, not that huge name, but a guy that will will give you an upgrade. I mean, if you if you stack one of those guys in a bullpen with Brandon Workman, Evaldi, Matt Barnes, Hembry, who Hembry's a huge concern right now, but if he gets it right and was like he was for that big stretch there, you know, I don't think that bullpen is really that bad of a group. I think they're still one short um, at this point. So we'll segue into our next ad. From there, this comes from Roman. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Everybody's guilty of that. Think about when you used to play baseball and, and want to stay in games, and you really didn't want to take care of yourself because you wanted to stay out there. The same is true for guys who deal with erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Socks. That's S-O-X. That's an O. S-O-X. And complete an online visit. If your doctor decides a treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. It's like Amazon Prime, but a lot more discreet. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. So you can just go to GetRoman.com slash Socks to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Socks. Roman, to help you with ED in a discreet manner. It's tough to segue out of that ad, Chris Smith, but we're going to try to get back to the Red Sox talk. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Is it? I mean, why couldn't the Red Sox sign one? You know, instead of being in a position where they have to give up something right now, you know, to get one of those guys that was on like a yeah. you know, was on like a one year deal, low cost. Why couldn't they ad- identify one of those guys in the off season? Because we wrote about guys in the off season that they could have identified. I mean, yep. why didn't they sign somebody? I guess that's not really the question at this point. Yeah. You know, no, I mean it's it's still fair. I mean, you're looking at, you know, a guy like Daniel Hudson is, you know, a guy who's now a a trade chip for the Blue Jays and and wrote about him the other day. He has a 2.80 ERA through 45 innings this year. That's bloated from his first week of the season. Since then, he's had an ERA around one. He struck out, let's see, 44 guys in 45 innings. He's a guy who, you know, has been around 10-year major league veteran with with five different teams and has dealt with injuries, been up and down. But this is like his best year probably, you know, since 2010. A uh, guy that's really bounced back. The Blue Jays obviously signed something. In spring training, they signed him a one-year, $1.5 million deal. I mean, that's, you know, something that the Red Sox obviously could have done. They didn't the, – the thing that I get struck by is they didn't even sign, like, guys, real guys to minor league deals. Like, they didn't see – guys at the uh, back of the relief market and signed into minor league deals with a spring training invite. You know, I'm not buying Erasmo Ramirez, Ryan Weber, um, you know, Zach Putnam, who I was so high on that we haven't heard a word about his hamstring injury since the first, second week of February. So I wonder how he's that doing. Bizarre. Um, but, you know, here's another one. Sean Kelly was a guy that the Red Sox did have some interest in. He signed with the Rangers. It's, you know, one year, two and a half million with an option for two and a half million. If for next year, he's got a three ERA through 33 innings, 32 strikeouts in that time. 
Sergio Romo get a low deal from from the Marlins. Sam Dyson's a guy the Giants picked up in a small trade. I mean, these guys are out there just about not being able to identify them and staying instead being really high on the guys you have internally, whether that be Colton Brewer or Josh Taylor and some guys that have pitched well at times. But Tyler not that, Thornton. Even. Tyler Thornburg, yep. Stephen uh, Wright. What I mean, did I say, Thornton? Tyler yeah. Thornburg. That's how Thornburg. that's how far away he's been. I guess that I said Thornton. <laughs> yeah, still on side. <laughs> you know, like yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, um, a, a big savior that they keep talking about was Stephen Wright, and Stephen Wright's now banished again to Fort Myers. This time, not by the league, but by his toe. Um, he's hurt after taking a comebacker, and it seems like he won't be back for a while. The Red Sox talk up these bullpen saviors, and then. When they don't go right, it's like, oh, well, that's just kind of an occupational hazard of, of how relievers work. And we've gotten Brandon Workman to step up, so everything's going to be okay. We couldn't grasp that Nathan Evaldi's not going to be the savior. We could, can't grasp that Stephen Wright and Tyler Thornburg are going to be the savior. So, you know, I think it, it's time to make that external addition. I disagree on, I say, you know, if the Red Sox split or, or if they lose three out of four and they're still within the wild card try to get one of those relievers you know you've seen Dave Dombrowski and even you know in his time with the Red Sox has seen the value of adding those types of guys Addison Reed was good down the stretch mostly right I think you know he imploded yeah. in the playoffs um, and then Brad Ziegler was fantastic when he came over they actually the Red Sox sent the wrong Basabi brother to the Diamondbacks under a really dumb regime so that ended up working out but um <laughs> Uh, hey, they, hey, don't talk about that regime it's dumb i think the red sox have somebody in that yeah but somebody you know, in their front office tony no. la russa <laughs> that was tony la russa gm dave stewart who was uh the gm we'll leave it at that and then tony la russa hired his veterinarian as his analytics guy so the diamondbacks were happy to get mike hazen and, and jared porter and some of those guys in in that front office as a replacement <laughs> after after what they had to deal with with that previous regime Going back to what I was saying, Dombrowski, you know, has acquired those relievers at the deadline before. They worked out well. Obviously, didn't get the Red Sox to the playoffs. Um, and Or they did get the Red Sox to the playoffs, not to the World Series. Um, and, and something like that where you give up, you know, minor prospects. You know, there's try to find relievers once the market becomes oversaturated in a few days. I think that's still very possible. Yeah. And, you know, I I think they should do that. You know, I just don't think that they and, – and, you know – and if they they are out of it, I think they should sell. You know, I, I, yeah. I just but I don't what, think what they will. What would that will. take for you? I mean, a sweep? What's that? Do you think that happens if they get swept? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's very difficult because you hear all these you know reports coming out. Uh, Peter Gammons had one. You know, if they're just a couple games behind in the wild card, you know, they're not going to sell. Uh, mm. You know, they're buyers. Who else had another uh, tweet that came out from an NL NL gm in the past day i don't know somebody yeah, no, tweeted someone, out i did see that as well yeah yeah somebody I, said I yeah there, there's no chance they're going to be sellers or something mm -hmm. like that you know so it's it's very difficult to to determine i just feel like you know if you stick around where you are right now you're going to be close to the oakland athletics you're going to be close to the indians and you just can't sell you know because and i guess i've heard this this theory you know and and uh, I guess I've, I've listened to the radio a little bit the past couple of days. I, I tend not to listen to the radio as much anymore, mm -hmm. but this is a good point. You know, it's just that we've seen so much success in Boston. You know, I mean, there's 10 championships between the, 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 the Patriots and the Red Sox. And so, you know, and 12 overall between yeah. all the teams that once you, you know, see a team that's, you know, 
not and not a world beater like last year, then you're you're going to start saying you know sell sell sell. When yeah. really, I mean, if we if if this team was the 2003 Red Sox or the 2002 Red Sox, when when we have been excited about this team back then, you mm-hmm. know, and thought that they you know had a chance at a championship. Um, you know, even though we, we would be saying also at that point, you know, they're never going to win it. They're never going to win it. But we would be thinking, you know, they have a chance in the postseason. So I think that the winning, you know, tends to make Red Sox fans think, you know, oh, they should sell. They should sell because this team isn't going to win the AL East and, you know, that, that. But the wild card is still very much at play. Right. It is. I agree. And and obviously, you know, the Red Sox, I think, and I've said this a billion times, the this year comes in the context of last year, the world beaters, 108 games, world series, all that basically invincible. And the fact that they weren't able to repeat that last year, people look at this as a disappointment, but at the end of the day, they still have a good chance of getting in the dance. Um, but I think that it all, it all comes down to if they lose four games this, this weekend, how close are they behind, you know, the Indians and the Oakland athletics, because I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't completely rule out selling. If you know the gap gets significant between now and July thirty first, I, I just don't think that yeah. I would rule out selling. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's it's an extremely important series. Let's say if they if they if they obviously sweep or win three out of four, maybe they'll buy. They if they split it, probably stand pat. If they get swept or lose three out of four, I think if they lose three out of four, they'll probably stand pat. If they get swept, then they are now. What's that one in ten against the Yankees on the year if they get swept and and yeah. that'll be uh... and and you also have to go back to um, course comments in you know in, in St. Petersburg uh, mm-hmm. this this past week week I mean he or this earlier this week or whatever the heck I was down there I guess right I kept I kept thinking it was ago. a weekend series somebody was like somebody told me that they're like it's Friday and I'm like what what no it's not and so I kept it was... thinking it was a weekend series and so yeah. It was two days ago or whatever. So, um, you know, he, he said, you know, that, that they would have to accept it if the front office actually sold. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that was a weird comment to me because, you know, you go back to and I, it was Baltimore. When were they in Baltimore last? Well, whenever they were in Baltimore, I think it was June and I was there. Yep. And the same question, the Middle same question was asked, middle of June, the same question was asked to and. You know, the question was presented as you have to show the front office something for them to buy. And that that was the way it was presented in Baltimore. And, you know, of course, and now, now, now we know what we are, yada, yada, yada. We're a good team. And then the question was presented to him this time as you guys need to show something to him to buy instead of sell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and he had a different answer. I mean, he more said, honest you know, answer. a more honest answer so we'll see alex cora constantly all year this is probably the best segue out of the three ads uh alex cora all year said the red sox have to clean things up clean it up and so we'd like to thank manscaped for their support for red sox beat they're number one in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels you like that rhyme smith i do like that rhyme (laughs) So that's why at Manscaped, they've redesigned their electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 is proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick the delicate areas. Manscaping accidents are now a thing of the past. You don't want to use the same trimmer on your face, obviously. That's just nasty. We also have from Manscaped the Crop Preserver. 
uh, anti-chafing chafing deodorant, moisturizer, all sorts of things. And you can get a deal on that thanks to the Red Sox Beat Podcast. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SOX. That's S-O-X at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. That's 20% off and free scaping, free, <laughs> free shipping with the code SOX <laughs> at manscaped.com. Use the code SOX, S-O-X. Manscaped is M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D. Like landscape, but manscaped, very simple. That's your number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. To wrap up kind of with Chris Smith, we uh, we have talked about, obviously, the Red Sox-Yankees series at length, how much it has to do with what's going to go on at the trade deadline, um, which is now a full exactly one week away. So uh, maybe we'll have an emergency podcast on, on trade deadline day at some point from Fenway Park. Maybe we'll do one on Monday. I'm not sure exactly how the schedule is going to shake out yet. Um, I want to hear your your bold predictions. I like to get these predictions from you whenever you're on. How the Red Sox are going to do this week, this weekend against the Yankees. You keep saying you think they're going to get annihilated. So what happens? They lose three out of four. They get swept. And then is your prediction officially that they're going to stand pat at the deadline? Yeah. I think they'll lose three or four, and I think they'll stand pat at the deadline. They might add a, uh, you know, a reliever if they can get him, um, you know, for a prospect that isn't a top 10, 20 prospect. But, uh, um, yeah, I think that they or, you know, a top 15 prospect, let's say. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll stand pat, you know, and, uh, you know, and uh, at the deadline, I think they're going to lose three or four. I mean, maybe they'll win the Chris Sale game. Maybe they'll win the Eduardo Rodriguez game. Um you know, Eduardo Rodriguez does have a 3.03 RA in his last 11 starts. He still can't cover first base, but you know he's been he's been baby you know, pretty, steps pretty darn good, pretty darn good for him. Yeah, he's taking baby steps over to first. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so yeah, I mean he's been pretty good. Chris Sale has been pretty good over his last two starts, but he has struggled against the Yankees this year. Yep. And, you know, I mean, you still got to be a little leery of what he can do and, you know, and, you know, coming against, coming against a, uh, or pitching against a, uh, you know, a top team like the Yankees. Yeah, obviously a huge series. I don't think there's any overstating that for the Red Sox. It's weird that it's coming this late Red Sox over a uh, hundred games into the season. Now, I believe it's, it's one Oh three, the 104th game of the season will be at Fenway park against the Yankees. The latest that has been you know, the case for the first game against the Yankees since the strike shortened season in 1981. We'll have a ton of coverage on it uh, on MassLive.com. Red Sox-Yankees big series. That sounds like 15 posts a day from Chris Smith. I'll probably be around seven or eight because I'm a human being. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to, to getting back on this podcast next week, either talking about what the Red Sox have done at the deadline or what they haven't done. So thank you, Chris Smith, for your time. Enjoy the series this week. And uh, we'll be back here right here next.